In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is in our Wow, for such a feast day, that's such a lame response. <laughs> Christ is in our midst. He is in our <laughs> Like, you got to believe what you say. The Lord is with us. For, for all of us. For all of us. It is safe to say we do not know what it is like to live under the yoke of an oppressor. Our country has never been occupied during our lifetime. I met somebody yesterday who told me that his mother is Indonesian and when she was 13 in World War II was put into a prison camp by the Japanese because they occupied the country. Can you imagine for a minute the relief that would come if you were if your homeland was occupied by foreign invaders and you were oppressed very much oppressed through your life. You would very much be hopeful for a deliverer, a rescuer, a savior. Especially if this had been going on for hundreds of years. For the Jews 2,000 years ago, they were looking for a deliverer, a political Messiah to save them from the Romans. And from this little podunk town of Nazareth, this backwoods town where nothing good can come from it, right? We see that in the Gospel of John. Can anything good come from Nazareth? We have a mighty prophet who arises. And this prophet can walk on water. He can calm the storm. He can heal the infirm. He can make the paralytic to walk. He can give sight to the blind. He can feed the multitudes. 5,000 men plus women and children from a few loaves of bread. And He can raise the dead. He is the one who is going to lead the indestructible army against the Romans. That's what they thought. It's the perfect leader. If you're gonna, if you're gonna build an army, you want that guy to build an army, right? Because you have an army that's never gonna be storm-tossed. You have an army that even if people get wounded, they can be healed and brought back to life. And they're never going hungry. It's perfect. It's perfect. This is what was going on. This is what they thought was going to happen. They thought that God Himself had become incarnate to deliver them from the oppression of their overlords and deliver an earthly kingdom to them. But their Messiah flips the paradigm on its head. This mighty king is born in a cave and laid in a manger where animals eat. He, he's a refugee as an infant 
and has to flee to Egypt. Right? He's rejected by his people. He's homeless, a vagrant, has no place to lay his head. And he tells people to love your enemies and turn the other cheek. What kind of king is this? But he's got all this power. If only we can convince him to use it against the Romans. That's what the Jews are thinking. Our Lord, the King of all creation, He identifies Himself as Yahweh. I am the existing one. He says, before Abraham was, I am. And the Jews wanted to stone Him for blasphemy. Because you can't take the Lord's name in vain. The only problem is, He's the only one who's not taking His name in vain. Because it's His name. <laughs> He identifies himself as God and through all the signs and wonders shows that he is God. And he holds all creation in the palm of his hand while walking through this world. He flips the paradigm on his head by coming into Jerusalem triumphantly, not on a white horse pulling a chariot, but on a donkey. Uh, what's the line from Shrek? You stubborn beast of burden. Can't remember exactly. But a donkey is untamable. And yet it rides beneath our master, showing how we need to tame the irrational passions of our soul. He doesn't have the Secret Service running beside his limo with American flags and guns and all sorts of things coming into town with pomp and circumstance playing. Right? We, we, like, it's the exact opposite. He comes in every way in all humility. In all humility. He shows us the path of humility. It's not through earthly power or success or, or political correctness or accomplishments, but it's with the faith of a child that He shows us the way into the kingdom of heaven. And this Messiah, this one who's come to deliver us from our oppressors, He has the audacity to say, Take up your cross and follow me. Imagine if you were, if our country were occupied and our deliverer says, take up your electric chair and follow me. We'd say, you're insane. That's the message. The way up, our Lord says, is by going down and humility. He descends from his throne in heaven in all humility into earth. And from the earth he descends into the depths of Hades to pull us out from that pit of despair. And he raises us up in his resurrection back to earth and in his ascension back to heaven. The way up is the way down. And yet... And yet, what do we strive for in our life? 
power, glory, authority, money, worldly success. Our way is not His way. And that's the problem. As we hold up these palms, these palms are symbols of victory, but what is the victory that He's granted? It's not a political victory. He never picked up a gun or a sword. He never fought a battle. In fact, when his disciple cuts off the ear of one of the soldiers who's coming to arrest him, he heals the ear and says, put your sword away. He turns the paradigm on its head. But this symbol of victory is not victory over an earthly kingdom, and it's not here to set up an earthly kingdom because he says, my kingdom is not of this world. This is the symbol of his victory over death. And death and the devil are the captors who are so clever, they make us think that we aren't even held captive. They are so deceitful. They make us think that everything is quite alright if we just do it our way. But these symbols show that there is only one way and only one Deliverer, only one Messiah. It is His kingdom that conquers the power of death. As St. Paul says, O death, where is thy sting? O Hades, where is thy victory? The power to freedom from sin is through the cross of Christ. And these palms are the symbol showing that He is the conquering King. In the baptismal service, we ask the candidates to be baptized several questions. Have you renounced Satan? They say, I have. We ask three times to be sure. Have you aligned yourself with Christ? They say, we have. We ask three times to be sure. On and on and on. We ask. It's an interrogation. Are you sure that you've aligned yourself with Christ? Are you sure that you're going to follow Him? Because what's going on is that we are joining the Lord's army. We are aligning ourselves with that King and that military victor in His fight over death. And if He's conquered death, you might ask, why do we still die? The answer is because He has won, single-handedly, the key battle. And we are the army that must drive out the enemy and finish the war. You know how, if you read war histories, every war has a turning point, right? At which one army wins and then they chase down the other army. Drive them out. That's what's going on. When someone's baptized, they're being commissioned to join the Lord's army. And as a commissioned officer, you have to swear loyalty and obedience to your commander. That's what this is about. 
do you really want to fight death or do you want to submit to it and be captive to it, not just in this life but for all eternity? That's the question. That's what this is about. This isn't about this isn't about, oh, Jesus comes into the town and some kids sing some nice songs to him and doesn't that make us feel good? Like, this is way more than that. This victory is life. It's life over death. Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we heard in yesterday's gospel for the raising of Lazarus, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall not die, but shall live for all eternity in the kingdom which is to come. In the kingdom which is of the kingdom of heaven, which, which we often think is a long way off, but it's actually present. Remember our Lord says, when He starts His ministry, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He had every right to ride into Jerusalem on this day and give the exact same message. But He takes the praises in all humility, knowing that these same people who are praising Him today Five days from now, we'll say, we have no king but Caesar. Crucify him. The line of evil does not go through political countries, but right through the center of the human heart. So says Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who suffered under the communist yoke. Brothers and sisters, you might be asking, what's the point of all this? Like, what's he trying to say? What am I supposed to remember? How does this affect my life? Let's talk brass tacks. When you hold up this symbol, the symbol of victory, and when you align yourself with Christ, you spit on the devil. We do that at the baptism. Breathe and spit on him. And we say, I want to have nothing to do with you. Be gone. Go away from me. And we drive him out. Every single day is a battle. Every single day is a battle. And it's a battle for life and death. It's not a battle for money, power, positions, or pleasure. Our Lord came as a pauper, not a prince. But this is a battle for our souls, and this is a battle to establish the kingdom of heaven. Christ's humility creates hope. It's springtime. Springtime is the season of hope. We all have all sorts of summer plans that we're not going to fulfill this year. But it's, it makes us feel good to plan about what we're going to do, what we hope to accomplish in our yards and in our gardens and whatever. Springtime is the season of hope. But it's not just because the weather turns nice. It's because this is the season of the Lord's resurrection. The time is at hand. So no matter how your Lent has gone, whether you have gained progress in a great way or in a little way. 
Whether you have failed magnificently or failed just a little bit, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Give it to God. Give it to God and align yourself with Christ. Because really, this is the only battle that's worth fighting. We're fighting for our lives. We're fighting for our nature. We're fighting for our created purpose. We're fighting to spend all of eternity. Like, I cannot express what this means. All of eternity, which we can't even fathom, not just a hundred years, not just a millennium. Like, our lives are a drop in the bucket. All of eternity depends on our decisions here and now and who we align ourselves with. Do we want to align ourselves with Christ or do we want to align ourselves with the enemy? And sometimes, sometimes we find ourselves sliding to the dark side, right? We know that that happens. And you know what? Our king and our commander is always waiting with open arms to accept us back in repentance. There's no such thing as a traitor in his army as long as one repents. But our decisions here and now matter, and we have to start. The most important decision is to align ourselves with Christ, to sing Hosanna to Him, which means save Lord now, and to cry, blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Let us, let us take these tokens of victory and let us not only adorn our homes or our cars or whatever and say, isn't that nice? I had a good time at church on that day when I went. But let these remind us constantly that the battle is real, but the Lord is going to win. I don't know about you, but I always want to be on the winning team. Always. You can ask my wife how competitive I am. I always want to win. And in this battle, there's only one victor. Jesus Christ, the conqueror. I see, exe, ni ka. You know the term Nike? It means victory. And on the consecrated lamb that becomes the body of our Lord which we receive at Holy Communion, are printed the letters I-C-X-E, which are his Greek initials, Jesus Christ, Ni-Ka, Conqueror. When we come forward for Holy Communion, we are partaking in that victory. But we have to remember that when we walk out the doors, we don't leave the victory here. But we take the victory parade, so to speak, through the rest of our lives into our homes, into our workplaces, into our schools, with our co-workers, with our friends, with our family, in every aspect of our life, by His humility. We don't go around bragging, but we go around proclaiming through humility that the Lord is the Master and King of my life. Brothers and sisters, as we stand here on the precipice of our Lord's Passion Week, may we all enter into this week fully and deeply. 
May we tame the irrational beast of our soul and in all humility submit it to our Lord and Master and Creator. And may we all journey with Him day by day, step by step, to the cross, and may we partake of that life-giving crucifixion and that life-giving resurrection at the empty tomb. And may the joy that comes from this life of submission and humility and obedience to our Lord and living His life, having Him live in us, as St. Paul says, may this joy spread to every aspect of our life so that we can, as St. Paul says today to the Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. Not just when life is good, but always at every time and every circumstance, knowing that our hope lies not in this earthly world or an earthly kingdom, but in the kingdom of heaven which is to come, where we will praise and bless and worship for all eternity the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is in our